You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Efridge. Well, I have to say, I'm just continually blown away by our audience. And, Again? And the interactions they provide, they offer the uh, support they provide, the comfort they provide, the questions they ask, the, you know, it's, I, I love it because this is truly listener-driven radio. I mean, this is... Yeah, it's, it's like there's a two-way exchange of energy. <laughs> you know, we try to send out all kinds of good vibes for their sex life, and they give us good vibes right back in the way of feedback. It's a win-win. Yeah, it is. And those emails come into feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So if you've got something that's on your mind that you got a question or a comment or a thought or a praise or a criticism or... A, a lake house you want to offer up for one of us to use or a boat that you are tired of. And no, I mean, you send the, send that information to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com because we read all of those emails. They become future shows. We've talked about in the year of 2017, what we are doing is trying to be much more engaged with the, the emails that come in and the questions that come in. And so that's where we're heading today with this mm-hmm. episode is straight from an email that came, but there's also another way you can help us. And that's by jumping on iTunes and leave us any kind of comments or reviews that helps us climb the charts and get into the, stay in the top 10 of the sexuality category, which is quite an accomplishment considering what we're going against it. You know, lots of competition out there. Lots of competition. And most of it's just flat out trash. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> how you really feel, Corey. Don't hold back. Don't candy coat it. <laughs> well, that's why we don't offer candy coated radio when it comes to sex and marriage. So, Hey, also speaking of feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, if folks would like to send us their mailing address, we would love to send you a couple of Sexy Marriage Radio bumper stickers yep. for your car or your laptop or your cubicle or wherever. Yep. So... This comes straight from our inbox, and this is, I I love it because they talked about not only the impact we've had in their marriage because of the conversations that we've had on our show, Shannon, that have helped them spark conversations to go deeper, give them different ways to talk about some of the things they struggle with, but they've also offered up a question. Yeah, a a series of questions. I'm going to just offer up the situation in a nutshell. Um, And I'm just going to assign a random name to this email so that we can refer to them by name. We're just going to call them Miranda and Trent, not their real names. Not real names. Yes. Not real names. But Miranda was sexually abused when she was a child and they had had many conversations around, around this issue when they were dating and uh, even early in their married years. And they thought that they had, kind of put that to rest. But what this husband has emailed about is that it just keeps rearing its ugly head in a wide variety of ways and shapes and forms. Right. Yeah. This is, it's not a one-time conversation where you heal it and move on. These things do, they follow us around like a wad of bubble gum stuck to our shoe and we have to you know, frequently scrape a new layer off. Um, and, and we realize how deep the layers run, but where it's brought them to in their current marriage dynamic is that 
she wants to call the shots sexually. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine how, if you've been abused in the past, you want to feel like you're in control Mm -hmm. because the idea of losing control is a very scary situation when you have felt out of control as a child where there was truly a danger or, or just an awkwardness to it. If there was, you know, when something um, happens when you're young, yeah. When something happens when you're young and you're powerless, Yes. That there is an element of how do I regain control or make sure I have control in the aspects of my life, especially where that kind of abuse or crossing of the lines happened. Right, right. So basically he says that she is turned off by his aggression, but yet she wants him to initiate. She wants his aggression. <laughs> she, well, but Not, here's the thing. Yeah. There's a difference between aggression and assertion. I, I think that that's, that's probably the most important distinction that needs to be made right there is there's a big difference between being assertive and being aggressive. But here's the thing. She wants to let go of control and he wants her to let go of control. But as soon as we they start inching toward that outer perimeter of the comfort zone, she shuts it down. She puts on the brakes. Okay. She can't handle it, and and therefore, it just comes to a halt. And so he wants to know how can he empower her to move beyond her comfort zone so that they can play in this area that they really want to play in. Because it's hard to get into the arena of adventure and lack of inhibition and and literally play when you're so busy trying to do the work in your head of trying to compartmentalize something like this from your past and reframe what's happening to you in the present. Right. So I would love to hear your thoughts, Corey, if Miranda and Trent were a couple in your counseling office and this was what they brought to the table, how would you counsel Miranda and how would you counsel Trent? So, so first off, I want you and I to do a little speculations just because there's some more detail that needs to be fleshed out. And so this is, you know, we don't have them on the air with us. Uh, Wish we did. It'd be awesome. But uh, this also works too, just because I think there's going to be a lot of people that this applies to that Mm -hmm. can still benefit. So one of my questions right off the bat is she shuts it down. What does that look like? Okay. How does that happen? So based on the work I've done, with clients in, in this topic, you've done a lot more work in this topic with clients, Shannon, because that's some of what you, a lot of what you've written about. Mm-hmm. So to me, the speculation would be she shuts it down by either going to an extreme of ending the entire episode of like, okay, we're not, we're done. And it's aborting done, the experience. Right? Or does she shut it down by just saying, no. Let's go back to another routine. Let's go back to what's comfortable. Let's go back to missionary position or what we were just doing. Or, you know, so I'm curious about how does that look when she says, when they say she shuts it down? Because is it a nonverbal and he reads it and it's not really a shutdown? You know, that's where we get into some of these things that it's like, okay, we got to unpack it in more real time. I mean, mm-hmm. how else, when you hear the idea of she shuts it down, how, what, what comes to your mind if you were to speculate? If I were to speculate, he can probably sense her withdrawal mm-hmm. that all of a sudden the energy that she was once exuding is, is now either flatlined or just 
the volume was turned down to a great degree. Although, I mean, I have known some women who have literally said, I can't do this. Right. And they just stop it. Right. And they, they go to another room or turn on the television or, or whatever. So I'm not saying that women can't do that or don't do that, or even men. I mean, let's, you know, we have to acknowledge that there may be some men listening that they were the ones sexually abused and oh, that absolutely. they're the ones who wrestle with the negative feelings that come up when sexual involvement is, you know, feels like it's posing a threat here. Right. But, Let's just say that the volume gets turned way down okay, and that's, or that she resorts to something more comfortable. Okay. And that's, that's kind of my thought. I mean, that's, that seems to be the most common of, mm-hmm. um, we either, we get so like caught passive up. Aggressive? Uh, I, I think we just become passive mm-hmm. that it's like, I no yeah. longer, and, 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 and I'm engaged this as much and I'm not doing the energy. I'm not as connected. And that presence is felt that disconnection of presence is felt. Well, don't you imagine that when this girl was being sexually abused, that's often the stance that abuse victims take is all of a sudden they're in a situation where they're powerless and to just go completely passive because they, they know that they don't have the strength to stand up against what's happening to them in that moment, that it's like a coping mechanism. Absolutely. It's a survival thing. And so that some of that stuff is being re reinstigated and played out in real time now, even though circumstances dramatically different. And so that's where I think we got to come at this from the two sides of one is what kind of counsel would we give to Miranda? And then two, what kind of counsel would we give to Trent? Yeah. Right. Because, they're reading each other. That, that's that's the, one of the main issues. And that's what sex happens is, is we read each other and, and we sense right. it. And the times where we're really following the connection, those are the real pinnacle moments of sex. Those are the, wow, the, the stars really aligned on that one because we read each other well and we followed <laughs> each other's guide. And, and man, you were really energetic in that and you didn't have to say a word, you know, and it's just we, everybody's usually had a taste of that. But yeah. we don't usually get that all the time just because we read no. each other wrong or, we, or I don't allow myself to be read or we get into a lot of different issues. So what comes to my mind, and I'm going to speak to to Trent because he's the one that emailed it in, is his desire or what he says is she hopes that I would take the initiative, sweep her off the feet, be the aggressor, introduce the creativity and guide her to the boundaries of her comfort zone, although... Whenever we reach those boundaries, that's when we start falling apart. So my thought is, Trent, your job is to be solid as a guide. That if you if you feel like she's wanting you to be the instigator of some things, to initiate some things that do stretch her and push her comfort zone, then your job is to do that from the solid side of you. That's not, I'm trying to ram this past and make it happen. And I'm, you know, it's not, you're, you're just going to like this. Who cares? Grin and bear it, honey. What? It's none of that. It's, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to, how do I be solid and say, let's do this. Or I actually start to in- initiate something that's a little more of the discomforting. I'm not used to doing this this way. And then the next step to being solid as the guide is, you have to maintain as little attachment to the outcome as possible mm. because that's what, mm-hmm. that's what derails us because we get into this scenario of, well, if you're not willing to do that, well, then screw it. I don't want to do it either. And then you both are hurt and you both are having to deal with the collateral damage. So instead, it's how do you see yourself literally as 
you know what? I'm going to take us on a, I'm the, I'm the expedition guide for this new adventure, <laughs> you know, and my, and That's my a great way to look at and it. And my goal is to just maintain comfort and, and care and support. And I'm looking out for your well being. while at the meantime, I've got some main time. I've got some trying to show you some different things. And so if it doesn't happen the way I was hoping, okay, that's all right. I'll, I'll follow your lead and we'll, we'll move to that later. And I still stay connected. And the way I do that is I take care of my side of this equation. I maintain my mm. solidness in the sense of, you know what, if you push me away, I'm not going anywhere. You may want to yeah. get out of the bed and end this, but I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going to go off in a huff. I also, yeah, I completely agree that Trent has to put himself in a position where he's not codependent for lack of a better word. Like he, he can't just follow her emotions and let her drag him down. He has to stand firm on that table. Uh, I love the way that you, you know, laid that out. He has to be the one to pick her up and he just has to be firm, solid. That really is a great word yeah, for husbands. I, solid and visible. Solid. Yeah. Solid and visible is a goal. I think for men in my, mm-hmm. in my mind, that's, that's a goal of us as husbands is I, I need to be solid and visible. So that way mm-hmm. she can lean in on me when she needs, she can trust me as she needs. I, I, I can be gentle and so, you know, so there's, I think it's a great framework to look at what we're trying to do. Yeah. My advice for Miranda, I'm, I would so love to have Miranda in one of the next women at the well workshops. This is exactly the type of baggage that we unpack mm-hmm. layer by layer over a four day span of time. Um, what I like to have women do is to look really closely at the emotions that were involved back then. And since then in, in regards to how that experience made her feel, because you can't really heal it until you allow yourself to feel it. And what women do is they shove those emotions down in the basement of their soul. They try to swallow them. And it's kind of like when you need to vomit, you know, if you just keep swallowing all that saliva that's being produced in your mouth, you're never going to actually vomit when what you really need to do is just let it all come up. But in a safe environment, you know, with someone to kind of guide you to help you make it a productive experience, not just emotionally vomit all over yourself. But we unpack the fear and the anger and the sadness sadness that comes with these type of experiences and we help them get in touch with the hurting little girl that's still inside. Right. Uh, my philosophy is that women are, I mean, this isn't just true for women. This is human beings. We're like a snowball rolling downhill. Yeah. We're not just 55. We're also five. We're also five months old. We're also 25 and 35. Every age we've ever been, we still are. And so you have to look at the fact that you need to rewind the tape to how that little girl felt and literally talk to your inner child of, okay, what, what's about to happen here with my husband doesn't involve you. You can just stay in the living room and play with your dolls and, and you are safe right. because I've, I'm going to go do what women my age do. And that way they don't feel as if they are a little child trying to have an intimate encounter with another adult because that is so, so triggering to them. So to literally decompartmentalize, is that a, is is that, or deconstruct yourself and to envision that the inner child is not who's being involved in the sexual act. Right. It's the grown woman is able to put on her big girl panties and show up as the adult mature woman who's very interested in passion and pleasure and isn't feeling triggered as if they're a little child again. So, so I, I would say that that's a huge thing. And, and I do want to say too, that there was a particular woman who came to the workshop last fall, but I had already been doing some one-on-one work with her 
for about, I've been working with Heather for about 14 months and she's now sharing her testimony with people. She's going through my blast mentorship program because she's so on fire to share her testimony with people. It's so great. But she had been sexually abused by someone in her church um, many, many years, I mean, like when she was 14 and now she's almost in her forties. And so for years she had shoved that down inside of her and what it resulted in was she would eat her emotions. She mm -hmm. would eat her feelings and she got way up over 200 pounds over the past 14 months of working together in the coaching relationship and her going through the workshop. She has lost 80 pounds mm -hmm. and she says that it's emotional weight yeah. that she lost. Yeah. So just realizing what it, what is possible and what you're capable of doing when you really take the time to connect with with someone who can guide you through the process yeah. of what needs to be done because just talking about it isn't necessarily enough. Right. And and I'm not going to diminish the importance of our jobs. <laughs> of of <clears throat> that's that's part of what we do for a living. Exactly. But I also want to offer up the real time opportunities that you have in the moment with your husband, Miranda, that when you start to feel your insecurities come up and you start to feel some anxieties come up and you shut it down and you start disconnecting or you start wanting to just get away, he's reading that. So why not make it more open? Why not say, hold on, I'm whatever just happened. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious about that. And now you got the opportunity to test his solidness because, Trent, if you can maintain a presence, she then gets an opportunity to go someplace maybe she hasn't gone before because she can now rest in, okay, you're not pushing this, but you are, but you're not forcing it, you know? And so how do I soothe myself, do my self-talk of, okay, little girl, go back to playing with your dolls. That's not, this doesn't involve you or just this whole Okay, you know what? This is what I want. How do I just relax? How do I mm -hmm. self-talk? How do I breathe in and out? How do I, mm -hmm. you know, and because that's the interesting thing, Shannon, don't you see all the time where what runs rampant in a marriage, particularly in sex, is the reading of each other that you both are reading. You both know it's there. It's the elephant in the room. Right. But the amazing thing is, is when I make that overt, and I just say straight out, I feel like I just lost you there. What mm. happened? Where'd you go? Now, all of a sudden, the elephant doesn't leave, but it definitely shrinks. Mm -hmm. And so then we're dealing with something that's a lot different. And we have a whole different path on how we can. Well, and I would encourage the partner who hears their spouse say, where did you go? This is not a critique. It's right. not a criticism. Right. This is a being in touch of, I feel your energy level dropping and I want to see if I can help you get back up. But first we have to acknowledge that drop in adrenaline and energy. Well, and let's be honest that if, if, if they just read you as where did you go, or in this case with Miranda and Trent, if he's reading you as a disconnect Miranda, he's probably fairly accurate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, right. so, so you need to start to recognize, am I covering some stuff up that I'm trying to act like it's not there? And, but in reality, I'm only fooling myself. Right. And be grateful for the fact that you have a sensitive partner who yeah. wants to help you get back to that place. 
I think that being in the role of her cheerleader is probably the best stance for Trent to take. Uh, cheerleaders, you, you think about it at a football game. Cheerleaders don't let their adrenaline level drop when the game starts going south. That's when they kick it up a notch. That's right. when they're like, rah, rah, re, kick them in the knee type of thing, you know? And don't that's- kick her in the knee, though, Trent. Don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but that, that's when their energy level goes up because they're trying to bring the player's morale up. Same thing with the husband. For him, maybe even just to caress her on her shoulder or thigh or whatever and say, it's okay, I'm here. Mm-hmm. You're safe. Mm-hmm. I, I think that those types of words can really help her just take a deep breath and remind herself that I'm allowed to do this. Yeah. This is actually a good thing. This right. is th- this is a healthy thing for me to engage in. I'm not a child anymore. I'm a full-grown woman, and I have every right to experience this full throttle. I right. don't need to put on the brakes here. And maybe even come up with code words of, you know, are you putting on the brakes? Or yeah. maybe maybe her to come up with a code word of red light. I need you to stop. Or yellow light. I'm tempted to put on the brakes, but I'm trying not to. Or green light is I I am full throttle here, baby. Bring it on. Right. You know. Right. And that's that's also the idea. I guess flipping it a little bit um, because we do read each other so well. Sometimes Trent, you could be reading her and she's disconnecting, but she hasn't given you the signal straight out of you know, stop. So sometimes your job is, even if you're reading her as stop, if you guys have had some more serious conversations to where you start recognizing, you know what? She's a big girl. She's a grown woman. She can stand up for herself and say yes or no. So I don't, the counsel I give the husbands in the husband mastermind groups, and this is even in the uh, uh, appendix of naked marriage is for the husbands, when it comes to having fabulous sex with your wife, your job is to let her do her job, <laughs> Large, <laughs> largely. <laughs> assume, assume she's interested and open and let her say no. And so if you read it as a no, maybe you're misreading it. Maybe you do need to still stay the course until she says, hold on, no, give me a moment. Mm. Let me breathe. I'm not there yet. Whatever it is, I mean that, and that's where it's it's two people. Because I, I mean, I'm venturing a guess that I'm pretty sure I know the answer to. Wouldn't you say a vast majority of people that are married and are having sex with their spouse, what they really want is an active participant of a spouse in their relationship. They don't want just somebody laying there taking it. You know, you, right. You want They're not somebody, looking for just an outlet. Right. They could have a blow up doll do that. Right. You want you want an active co-participant in this. And so what we have to do if we're going to create that is give them room to do that. Give them the opportunity and the challenge to do that. And so sometimes that means I have to seek what I'm interested in a little more knowing, Pam, it's your job, honey, to speak up and say, no, not that. Let's do this. Or, okay, I'm not as comfortable with that, but let's keep trying. You know, and that's how we navigate our way through novelty and new things because somebody's got to introduce it. And that's always unilateral. That's not an agreed upon thing. It's it's always right. somebody says, has to take the risk of let's do this. And now you risk her or him saying, where did you learn that? Mm-hmm. Where did you hear about that idea? And mm-hmm. That's a whole nother level of exposure. Yeah, another thing that comes to mind, Corey, is I know that so many women go down the path of faking orgasm 
because they don't want to wrestle with the ghosts in their in their past or okay. the skeletons in their closet or the tension or anxiety that comes up as a result of, of past experiences. And so I think that we need to do a whole show on what faking orgasm actually does to you and to your partner and to the quality of your relationship, okay. the quality of your sexual experiences. Okay. Because I've actually had recent conversations with clients about this very topic that I have found very insightful. I think okay. our listeners too. And then also last, uh, last evening on the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy Q&A call, the, the subject came up of the power of receiving, yeah. of just and you're the one who put it out there. So I'll let you, and you're grinning like really big right now. So I'll let you unpack that concept. But I think that maybe we need to do a whole nother show on that. So don't totally unpack no, it. I'm not unpacking it. It applies to this. This is showmanship. No, it doesn't apply to this. This is different. Um, <laughs> you're going to tease and absolutely. taunt. <laughs> um, you got to join Stay the Academy. You join the Academy and you can actually hear the call because all of them are recorded. Um but I, I think for for this one, just sticking to the fa- what they face, because this is truly one of those opportunities that I firmly believe we get a chance to find healing through the very thing that caused our pain. And so the act of having sex with your husband is an opportunity to truly heal because you get a chance to see tenderness. You get a chance to see and feel solidness and compassion and love and giving and and all of that that it entails. And so we get pushed to our limits a lot of times in sex and in life. And so the question is, how do I learn to not lose it when I'm at my limit, but actually grow a little more, actually learn a little more acceptance and comfort and tolerance and discomfort and all of that entails to know I'm not, I don't have to just freak out because don't we often want to choose comfort over challenge in life? You know, so true. Give me comfort, comforting things. That's what I want. I don't want the challenge. Well, sometimes mm-hmm. I do need the challenge because that's what my spouse is looking for. That's what life is offering up. So how do I right. lean into that? Because I think the best in us is capable of that. Yeah. Well, it reminds me about winter here in Lansing. I can either lay on the couch with blankets covering me and stay warm, or I can put on a few layers and go for a run. That feels far more empowering and exhilarating and freeing, liberating. And so, yeah, getting into the game of sex, even when it makes you a little uncomfortable, even when it stretches you out far, a little outside your comfort zone. But here's the biggest question that I always pose to women who have let sexual abuse hinder them, uh, steal their, um, sense of adventure that, uh, that they've allowed themselves to become inhibited because of something that's happened in the past on the day that they were sexually abused or the season in which it went on, that abuser robbed them of a lot of safety, of dignity, of sanity, of peace. There's just so many things that they were robbed of. But how many days or weeks or months or years or even decades are you going to let that abuser rob you again and again and again? Yeah. And that's exactly what abuse victims do. And, and I, I know this because I are one. You know, I, I just you know, I remember back to what it felt like to have those uncles be so inappropriate with me at ages 10, 11, 12 years old. But for me to stay there and let that stunt my emotional growth and for allow arrested development to take place means that I can't be the fully grown 49 year old, fully present, fully sexual, fully alive person that I am in the marriage bed. And I would never let my uncles do that to me today. So why would I let it subconsciously do that to me? 
by staying stuck in the past. Yeah. I'm going to connect with somebody who knows how to help me unpack this crap and deal with it so that I can be the sexually liberated woman that God created me to be. Right. And I think that some of the same uh, idea goes alongside right when it's happening in the sense of I'm feeling uncomfortable. Some of this stuff is rearing its ugly head. The first step I think of as far as counsel is open your eyes. Be aware, Turn on of, the light. be aware of where you are. You know, right. look, look your partner in the eye mm-hmm. and, and see if there's abuse really going on. You know, see if right. there's, see if he's really forcing something or not, because likelihood right. is based on the tone of this email, the likelihood is he's not trying to force something. No. And maybe to remind yourself, this is my husband. He loves me. Yep. I'm safe. This feels nice. I can relax. You know, like coach yourself in your head. You can be your own cheerleader too. Absolutely you can. And that's, that's, I mean, we're our best cheerleaders. If we think about it, that that's kind of what we have to do is realize a lot of this is an inner resolve. A lot of this is just an inner development process of, of me being and evolving to a better me. Yeah. I think, so, so true. I think that's what marriage does is it just, it, it reveals these things. And if we've got some really bad traumatic things that have gone on yeah that's going to be revealed but you can deal with it right then yep you're not not alone and lots of other people have have crossed those bridges over troubled water and they have gotten to the holy promised land of of great sex so you can you can totally do this not only will you be a better you you can help create a better us a better we in the marriage yep because this to me this is all boils down to how do we learn to follow the connection better Mm-hmm. And the times where I feel like I've got a disconnection going on, I don't have to let it go down that path all the way. I can maintain my side of it and hopefully encourage her and invite her to stay with me yeah. or him, with depending on who you're talking about. Well, this has been Sexy yeah. Marriage Radio. I got to say thank you to Miranda and Trent for sending us the email. Not your real names. Yes. You know who you are, though. So <laughs> we'll see you next time. We love you for listening. 